Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. I think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Hey there, Space Cowboys. My name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for the live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, which hits Netflix on November 19th. Big thanks to Netflix Canada for getting us this series in advance to review. Now, allow me to introduce my two fellow bounty hunters. First up, he's stylish, handsome, and deadly behind the lens, he's Justin. Oh, usually Kevin's the stylish, fashionable one. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, maybe drinking on too much space juice yeah, or something. Absolutely. Or, um, but uh, rounding out the team, you've already mentioned him. He's fearless. He's vicious. Mm. But he's just as huggable as a genetically altered corgi. He's Kevin Hudson. Oh, no. And I, I know you don't like vicious, so that's very upsetting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we might have talked a little bit off air about yeah my feelings on uh, on how that all went, but um, how you smooth cats doing this fine? I'm trying to be all jazzy here. Yeah, I don't know if it's coming across. <laughs> I'm ready. For, I'm ready for a cool trip to Mars. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, go. let's do it. Let's go. Uh, well, before we hop in the bebop and watch another installment of Big Shot, let me give you some additional details on the bounty that is this series. Directed by Alex Garcia Lopez and Michael Cattleman, Cowboy Bebop is an action-packed space western about three bounty hunters, a.k.a. cowboys, all trying to outrun the past. Uh, as different as they are deadly, Spike Spiegel, played by John Cho, Jet Black, played by Mustafa Shakir, and Faye Valentine, played by Daniela Panetta, uh, form a scrappy, snarky crew ready to hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals for the right price. But they can only kick and quip their way out of so many scuffles before their past finally catches up with them. All right, so let's blow this scene and get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Uh, but let's let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. What did you Cowboys think about this first season? Well, you know, I think that the show did a fantastic job of staying true to the, its original source material and its anime and really bringing this to live action. I absolutely love how it... it it encapsulated that sort of retro futuristic vibe with the Western film noir aesthetic and it just blended it all together. And I think that's probably one of its biggest successes is how well it does that and really does create a mood and a vibe that is just so Cowboy Bebop, man. I think, yeah, I think you nailed it there, Justin. It's it's definitely one of its finest uh, achievements, I think, is, but I think it's also at times it's one of its biggest problems, yeah, right? And we'll absolutely. obviously we'll get to that, but I think you know it, it, the show kind of fights between being a remake and a reboot, and I think it's strongest when it leans more towards being a reboot. Yes. But the fact that it's so faithful to the look and tone, and like the first episode is just. I think one of the best sort of mm. interpretations I've seen in a long time. Um, I think the CGI is very colorful and it's, it's, it gave me so many speed racer vibes as we've, we've talked about in the past on this podcast. And for me, that's a positive. Um, I can see how for some people <laughs> it might well, not but, be a positive. But as you're, as you're talking about things that work for it and against it, I think the same could be said about this sort of speed racer vibe that it goes for. Like it works for it in some cases, but it also doesn't like, it just feels so heavy handed at times. I don't know. At some points it, it really hits. It does hit. So, I mean, 
I'm 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 going to start off by saying I would like to know what the difference between a reboot <laughs> and a remake is. To clarify, I think I think the, I think the remake is more along the lines of um, it's it's exactly the same as the one before and a reboot is is doing something new with that property so you know the lion king live action was very much a, a remake in my mind right it's right an adaptation, okay, uh, okay but that's it's, good that's a good context yeah, to that's, a, that's a great yeah, okay. starting point <laughs> for that honestly in terms of encapsulating the the tone and the feel of the actual original anime the show does a great job until about episode seven and everything shifts gears and if I wasn't already a bit like, uh, that really sort of, I jumped off at that point. Pushed you over the edge. Yeah, I'm, I, they, they, again, it works and then it doesn't. But I think the, the, uh, the performances I thought were really good. I think uh, John Cho, I don't think I can see Spike being played by anyone else, yeah. which I think is a really cool yeah. thing that he was able to pull off. And I also thought that most of the performances outside of him were pretty good. There's one that I have a really big problem <laughs> with, um, but I think the other characters sort of nailed the some of the cheesy dialogue and the cheesy mm. aspects in a good way. And then there was one that just, we'll get to, we'll get to. No, for sure. But the trio of characters that we follow are absolutely outstanding. Like Daniela Panita's Faye Valentine was absolutely outstanding. She was my favorite of the show. She is not the Faye Valentine from the anime. She has more sensibility. She's way funnier too. I just think she did such a great job with that role. And Nate, you're absolutely right. With John Cho, he perfectly embodies all of that sort of wise-ass uh, approach that Spike has. And it was so rooted in his own personality. Like I felt like it was very John Cho. He John nailed the hands in the pocket yeah. of the jacket. <laughs> Yeah. So well. Yeah. yeah uh, and absolutely. being able to walk and look natural while doing and that, that hair, is actually bro. not easy. That hair. Oh my gosh. Now, so well done. What do you guys think of uh, uh, Mustafa? I mean, obviously, that's maybe the biggest shakeup of a character, specifically because they've changed the race of the character. Um, but I just thought he brought such a a leadership role to this yeah, cast father of yeah. yeah he was he was yeah. so good in that leadership role that father figure role of just bringing these roughnecks together and 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 pointing them towards a singular goal constantly. And the, the show does a really good job of of bringing him and and showing him more as as a father. I think mm -hmm. it does a better job than the anime of highlighting that. And again, that's one of those areas where you see it and and I'm a I'm a big fan of the original, but I think this is where I'm like, cool. That is something new. That is something different and they they sort of brought in some of the other aspects about his past that are from the show, right. but they did focus a lot on his family and I think that was a really smart choice. No, I totally agree. And I think in in the same way Again, back to Faye Valentine's character, you know, they took her in a new direction by making more of a mystery around where she's from. And I don't know, the cartoons kind of depicted her as like weaker than the other two. Right. And yeah. she was kind of like made fun of and like she was she wasn't taken seriously. You know, here it's done in the way that's more like big brothers to a little sister. And yeah. it seems more faithful to a better representation of what that relationship of this trio would look like. It just felt more of 
today. Absolutely. And speaking of more today, like her, for instance, her outfit is not yeah, she's not a sexual anime, right? She's not as sexualized. But but they did do. Uh, I think there's a there is a very specific moment in the show where they do show her utilizing that to her advantage, and and they but they do it in a way that's respectful. Um, and I think to your point again, very much for today's audiences. A hundred percent, man. She was less of an object in this series, and she had more of a purpose and I really appreciated that they did that. The other thing that stood out to me as a positive but could also be a detriment was the mood and vibe. And that includes the aesthetical choices, the the, the inconsistent CGI, and the camera work just felt obscure for the sake of it. Yeah, the, but the cinematography was like jazz. Like the, the angles that they capture were so drastic at times. And I think I do think the show used them in fun and effective ways. I do agree with you that it might have been a, a bit much at times where it didn't need to be for certain angles where characters are just literally having conversations and then it sort of just cuts to like an, you're in the top right corner of the room for some reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I did know notice that but uh i don't know man i speaking of the music though you know yoko kano coming back to do yeah. the obviously the 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 original theme is there but then all the rest of the music i thought was phenomenal i i, I kind of want this album uh and I, I just couldn't stop listening to jazz as i was watching yeah show. And, and i mean you always say not always but you often say oh i love this soundtrack i love i love yeah. what's going on <laughs> sure. and, and this was the first time where i was like oh i know nate's gonna say it and i totally agree because <laughs> i was jamming to these tunes it was it had such a great vibe to it the whole soundtrack yeah i, re- I really enjoyed that part yeah, the soundtrack's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I just I think sometimes it was too heavy-handed, and in some cases it didn't really match with the picture. I get that that might have been part of the sort of vibe that they were going for with the series, but I don't know. At parts because of this sort of mashup, it felt like a soap opera. Sure, and and especially in those last three episodes where I just really felt the story and everything going on took this tonal shift. Mm. The music didn't adapt to that shift. And so it almost felt like a parody of itself at that point, right? Because the music didn't match what was going on at certain points. But I, I totally agree. I would love the soundtrack to just listen to uh, on on its own because it is right? so well done. It is. Let's it get is... the Mondo vinyl, Justin. Yo, I'm dude, I would totally it. get Let's that. Go. That would be awesome. Let's that would go. Be um, but I also wanted to just quickly shout out the action in this show is fantastic. I, I there's at least three or four scenes that we were talking about off air because we didn't want to spoil things for all you. But it, 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 where we were just like freaking out about these how it's shot uh how it's captured i just thought it was so well done and the the use of gunplay sword play and like punching and kicking is just it's really well done and and i was really happy to see it and there's this sense of realism to the action yes uh where you know it's such a cliche where one guy will face off against 12 people and they'll come at him one at a time whereas there were (laughs) so many scenes where an individual will be fighting and he'll have to fight off multiple people at the same time because yeah. that's how you would actually do it. And I really appreciated that. And and you have characters getting stabbed and shot and still fighting and everything. Like it just felt like a real fight sequence most of the time they were And they didn't they feel invincible. It. They didn't feel invincible, right? For the most part, like you were, you, I, there were times where I was like, oh gosh, like that's gotta hurt. So um, definitely really dug that. I think I'm a bit indifferent about the action. Like I do agree that okay. there's some great moments, but I also feel like it felt too much like staged choreograph dancing 
rather than just fighting. And I think the way it was shot where, you know, I've always said like a good fight scene is one where you don't necessarily need to break the camera angles too often to really Mm -hmm. show things happening. When you're doing that, you're building a fight in the editing room. You know, if you film it in a way that it feels naturally choreographed, like let's say Shang-Chi on the bus scene and how it's all like a very consistent one take. We get something like that in this series, but we don't get a lot of that. Oh, that's interesting because I, I thought they did a great job of almost blending what worked in something like a John Wick and what worked in something like Daredevil, the the, the series, in sure. terms of that that it was it was a realistic fighting style almost, but they were also having fun with it, you know, a bit more compared to those two that I mentioned. And so I thought the whole idea of the show sort of being a play, a, a, a joke in that sense, the fi- that worked with the fighting style uh, for me. Well, let's get into some of the things that maybe uh, we didn't quite enjoy about this first season. Um, I'm going to kick it off. I think that the show, I, I got to say, the, the characters are so fantastic throughout the show. Um, but to your point, Kevin, I think the pacing is off for the entire season where the show sort of dives into the history of its most important characters really late for my liking. I think I could have been, I think the show really could have benefited from having more flashbacks really help flesh out the relationships Mm. between uh, three of these specific characters a little bit more like and lost. it doesn't it doesn't do that and so I think it could have done like, like lost yeah <laughs> just give me lost again um, no but I you know I know that would go against like the film noir mystery motif that sure. the show focuses on but it's too it's too drawn out right yeah. which is again that's an issue that I have with a lot of anime series mm-hmm. I mean you think of the classic Dragon Ball Z of like the ah, and building up those fights for like five episodes <laughs> thankfully this show doesn't do that but I think I think we could have done without a full 10 episode season maybe like go for a six episode season um because i think you know even the original run of of 26 episodes was way too many uh and i think i think you know those were only 24 minutes so the fact that these are 40 minutes each i think it is a a, quite a detriment to keep again that aspect of the anime brought over yeah i think that it's fair to say that they could have sprinkled that throughout yeah just in terms of i think they almost laid it on too thick at the end of the show Sure. And we'd already been through six, seven episodes, whatever it is, and then we started learning a bit more about their backstory. And it had those been broken up instead of being almost full episodes of these flashbacks, if they had broken that up throughout the whole course of the the, the season, it would have it would have been a better balance between the now and the past. Yeah, and and I think it's 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 just a matter of again that is another aspect of how they're sort of doing too much uh, like the original anime. And it also brings in um, another thing that I had a problem with, which was the blocking. I thought the blocking was kind of strange where you would have characters walking and then out of nowhere, just stopping, turning towards each other, and then starting to talk to each other. And to me, that felt, again, very, very classic anime. But at the same time, that really, that is something I felt didn't translate uh, into like this, this live action yeah. side, like a, like a soap opera, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and again, like they have moments where they sort of the camera blurs different aspects about it, and there's dream sequences and different things like that. But um, I don't know. I I think um, overall, I I didn't have too many problems with it. Again, other than what I've I've just mentioned, the the biggest the biggest issue I had though was Alex Hassel as That's vicious. vicious. I up. think he was. I'm waiting my, for it. I want Vinny my least, Targaryen. 
Talk about him. Let's go. <laughs> he's my he's my least favorite part of the show. I never found him scary. I never found him intimidating. He came across as bad cheesy, not good cheesy, like the other characters have a like I think they really pull off. Um and I just I think, you know, seeing so little of his past and seeing so little of that that part of him, I think makes him a really difficult character to take seriously and to write for and to care about you know, in a live action setting like this. So again, it, it kind of comes back to what we were just saying. I think they could have done a much better job with him and and helping us understand his motivations a little bit more. Um, because I think for general audiences who haven't watched the original anime, they're just going to, I think yeah. they're he's not going to rub them the right way. I totally agree. He was not a threatening villain. I didn't find him intimidating or scary. It was just so apparent that when he's on screen with John Cho, who is just so charismatic and so natural to his role, you know, it just feels like Alex Hassel just felt very like he was overacting, like he was really trying to push himself to be like, yes, I'm the bad guy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, know, I, a I lot just, of teeth. Yeah. Too much teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like, calm down. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's a performance aspect that under-delivered. For me, to have John Noble, um, most people would know him from either the the TV series Fringe or the Lord of the Rings movies as uh, Denethor. Yeah, I think he's such a top-tier performer that, again, it's just one of those situations where you see someone like him and then you you see the, some of the other performances on the show, especially with, with Alex, and it just really... It just really doesn't work. So, um, all right. Well, let's say see you later, cowboy, and give our final thoughts on uh, and rating uh, on this first season, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five bowls of bell peppers and beef. Uh, so, Kevin, why don't you kick us off with your rating? Uh, the show really perplexed me in the sense that, it, it, you know, just listening to us now, we have very few, very reserved critiques about it, but something just felt off. Mm. Uh, I mean, again, the visual style's amazing, the music's amazing, the performances, for the most part, are amazing. And yet, I don't know if I've ever felt so unattached to something that I've watched ever before. I just wow. could not find the will to care about what I was watching. And right. so, getting through it all, and, and, and as the story becomes a bit more complex, as we dive deeper into these characters, I just kept finding myself going, so What? And so it was really frustrating because, again, I couldn't point out a singular thing that didn't work for me, that I didn't think resonated. As a whole, the show just fell a bit flat to me. I just mm. did not find myself enjoying it. And and so at the end of the day, it seems like a really low score for something, again, with, with high praise for so much that went into it. I'm going to give this 2.4 out wow. of 5 bowls of bell peppers and beef. Okay. All right. Justin, how about yourself? Right from the beginning, and that is, there's some things that work really well in its favor, and there's things that really work against it. The show immediately grabbed me with its retro-futuristic world, the noir western style, with little spice of samurai in there as well, and just an all-round fantastic soundtrack. 
And that's why I feel like this show really does excel at bringing the anime to life in such a beautiful way. And I really hope that there's a season two. But with that, I do hope that they learn from this sort of pilot season of what to do differently. Maybe not to be so heavy handed with all of these tropes that it, they feel sort of shoehorned in and, and more of the focus than, than the story. I think there needs to be a balance. And with that comes the pacing. Uh, I feel like, as we said, the pacing could have been handled better across 10 episodes. But it did have a thread and universe building elements to it. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm excited for season two. I, I would love to see a season two. Uh, I think yes, more so than please. anything else, the reason why I want to see a season two is because of the cast. They were fantastic. When the story starts to fail, it's the characters that really do come through. And I, I felt really connected to this trio of characters. I really liked their story. I liked the mystery around them. I think they did some really great things with making them different, but still the same from the anime. Uh, everything about this series just felt very refreshing and up to date. And I think that their dynamic really sold the idea of how Cowboy Bebop can be different as a live action series. So for that reason, I'm going to be giving this a 3.5 out of 5 bell beef pepper bowl noodles. Can't remember it. <laughs> sure, that's that close. close enough. That was close. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you make it if you make it like uh like Jet Black makes it, it doesn't have any beef. So, um, but uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how audiences respond. I think fans of the original aren't going to be offended by it, which is awesome. I think, I think it's probably they're actually probably going to gravitate towards it more positively, um, which is not something that often happens with live action adaptations. Um, but I don't think it does enough to help people who didn't watch the original. Get it doesn't it, do yeah. enough to get them in. Unfortunately, I mean that's a great point. Who would you recommend this to other than fans of the original series? I don't, I, right. I, I don't know who I would recommend it to. And that's that's a that's again. I think fans of of action, you know, mystery crime genre, maybe. Uh, but again, I think because it does so much which, again, is its biggest success and its biggest weakness to stay faithful to the original anime. I think it, I think it could be jarring for, for some really sort of non-fans of the anime or not maybe fans who uh, maybe aren't fans of anime in, in general. Uh, I think length, pacing, and vicious aside, though, I personally really enjoyed my time with it, uh, much like I did with the original anime. Uh, and I, I'm, I am intrigued to see if they do a season two. I really hope they do because I think... I think it looks like they, you know, they they used pretty much almost all the material mm-hmm. of the original anime in this first season. So I can, I'm really excited to see how they can get really creative and really establish new things for for these characters. Break away and from in it, it all, yeah, right, and and really reboot Boot, and focus yeah. on that reboot aspect yes. and give us Very new true. stories with these Very characters true. for for people that really love the original. Um, so I'm going to give this. First season of Cowboy Bebop, uh, four out of five bowls of bell peppers and beef. I enjoyed my time. Yeah. Uh, Well, that is it for our spoiler-free review of Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, feel free to leave a five-star review and write in to let us know if you thought it did, you know, the original anime justice, or if it made you interested in checking out that original series. Uh, Justin, where can these fine rootin' tootin' cowboys reach us? Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. 
Yeah! Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest movies and shows out now, uh, with our most recent episode covering Disney Plus Day, where we talk about all the exciting stuff coming out to the platform. Uh, and we also have more interviews and reviews, including our interview with Sprite herself, Leah McHugh from uh, Eternals. We also have our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review of Marvel Studios' Eternals, and our review for Home Sweet Home Alone, Red Notice, and Last Night in Soho. And uh, of those last three, only one of them is good. You have to listen to the reviews to find (laughs) out. Uh, So give those episodes a listen. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free review. Uh, I got the Bebop all loaded up so we can jet off to our next bounty. Uh, So (laughs) great, great Bebop sound. Uh, So until next time, as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace.